invite you to take your seat if you would. This morning, we're really thrilled to have Tammy Attic and Dot Turner both share. They're going to split the time together. One is a mother, the other is a mother and a grandmother. Both of them have taught at Divine Weekly, and Dot is on the team at the Healing School. Uh, Tammy's our personal assistant as well, and um, Dot and her family have been here for 30 years and have served in many different capacities. And uh, would you welcome Tammy? She comes to share first of all this morning. Amen. Good morning, church. Just want to thank Pastor Steve and Pastor Brian for inviting me to share this morning and to share on some lessons that I've learned as a mom. First of all, I just want to say a big thank you to all the moms that are here in the house this morning and just let you know that you're so valued and appreciated in all you do. I also just want to thank all the women in the house who take time just to invest and build up other women and spending time with them, encouraging them, teaching them. It is a blessing when you do that. I'm so thankful to be a mom to a nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Um, But going back, being a mom wasn't something they ever thought that I would be good at or something they ever really desired to do. When I was younger, I was so uncomfortable around small children. I never really played with them much, never really interacted with them. I never really wanted to babysit. My sister was always the one who was better with children, and she would get all the babysitting jobs. And then there was this one summer where she had these two children that she was babysitting, and then she ended up getting another job, so she begged me to take her job, and I reluctantly said yes. So I went that morning, and I watched these two sweet little kids. They were wonderful. But when I got home that night, I broke down and I said, no, I cannot go back. I cannot babysit them again. It just was, I felt so uncomfortable. So my mom would just say, it's okay. You're just not good with kids. It's just something that you're not good at and that's okay. She didn't say it in a mean way. She was trying to be encouraging. Just, okay, that's something that you're not good at. That statement really impacted me. It just caused me to accept that I guess I'm just not really that good with kids or I'm not comfortable with kids. And it actually even really caused me to question if I ever really wanted to have children. Um, There was years where I just thought, no, I think I just won't have kids. You know, there's so much power in our words as parents over our kids. After all, she was just stayed in a fact. It was something that she was just stayed in. But there's power in that. My husband and I got saved when we were 23, just about to turn 24, and we had our first child when we were 28. I remember feeling so nervous about becoming a mom based on my lack of experience. (laughs) I was never really around kids, never really learned how to raise kids, and my comfort level around kids. But it was reading the Word of God that after I got saved that started to renew me, to strengthen me my thoughts and desires began to change. In the book of Mark, Jesus shows us how much he values children. When you turn to the book of Mark chapter 10 and verse 13 in the message translation, it says the people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The disciples shoo them off, but Jesus was irate and he let them know it. In other translations, it says that he was angry, he was indignant, he was displeased, and he wanted to let them know it. Don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands of blessing on them. 
I love in verse 16, if you look in the Amplified Version, it says, and he took the children one by one in his arms and he blessed them with kind and encouraging words, placing hands on them. What love and passion Jesus shows us here and how much he values children and how important children are. And most importantly, how important it is that we value them. As I meditated on this scripture and other scriptures, my heart began to change. The moment we had our daughter, those fears and doubts, they just started drifting away. I remember being so surprised at how much I just loved being a mom and actually loved being around my kids. I mean, I knew I would love my kids, but I like loved being around them. It was to the point where I was actually confused why I liked it so much because I always thought it would be something that would be hard for me. And I started realizing that I do really like kids and I actually am really good around kids. I even became a stay-at-home mom for two years and I homeschooled my kids for a few years. Even though I had always saw myself as being a working mom, God had just renewed my heart and filled that gap to the point where I now saw kids the way he saw them. My parents couldn't believe it or understand as well. When I called them and told them that I was quitting my job to stay home with the kids, they were baffled. They were like, you're going to do what? (laughs) They thought that I would have a hard time with that, but they just saw me being transformed by it. And it was to the point where it wasn't just my kids that I started seeing what a blessed thing they are. But as I was getting to know my friends' kids, the kids that my kids go to school with, I just see them in such a different light. And I just have a desire to want to invest in them, to build them up. I just start loving to be around other kids. Something had happened to my heart. And here are some lessons that I've learned from this experience. When we let the word transform our heart, We will not only be blessed, but those around us will be blessed. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. My children and kids around me will be blessed by this revelation. That's the fruit of the word. When we get the word inside of us, we can't be limited. When we see an area that we lack in, then we know what to pray for. When we see an area that our kids lack in, we just don't accept it, but we know what to pray for. What the word, that's what the word does. And the word is the heart and the truth of our father. As parents, we have the privilege of really getting to know our kids. Like we know everything about them, the good, the bad, the strengths, their weaknesses which can be a benefit because we know what to pray for them, but we can also fall in what I call the fact trap. We can start putting walls up on our kids unknowingly. You start seeing their strengths in areas, and then you start seeing some of their weaknesses. And then you start comparing them sometimes with siblings. Oh, this kid's good at this. This one's not so good at this. And unknowingly, we've started limiting them. We start putting boundaries on them that they now later in life need to push down to break through. As a mom, it's easy to fall into this, but we're called to fix our eyes on the unseen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. 
it was a fact that I was not good with kids or comfortable around kids, but it was subject to change by the word and the word filled my gap. You may be in a situation where it's a fact that your kid throws temper tantrums regularly. It's a fact when you got to pick them up and walk out of that store with them kicking and screaming. That's reality. But the truth of the word is the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. It could be that your kid experiences fear on a regular basis. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It could be a fact that your kid struggles in schools, that they have a hard time with it. But the word says in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. Facts are subject to change. What they are going through is real, but it doesn't have to be permanent. It's about trust in God when things aren't perfect, when we aren't quite there yet. We are called to be a gap filler with the word and in prayer. As parents, we get the privilege of doing that, to find a scripture to fill that gap. We don't want them to miss out on something because we have limited them. We are called to help them see what they can't see yet. We're there to cast the vision for them. I could have missed out on such a great blessing because I could have limited myself. My last point that I want to make is that we are called to release ourselves and others from mistakes. I'm so thankful for my mom this Mother's Day, as I'm sure you're so thankful of your moms too, because even though they've made mistakes, they have invested greatly in us, and they have tried. In this scenario for me, my mom has come back and apologized. She's like, I am sorry that I did that. I've missed it. She encourages me. I'm so glad to see that you recognize it and that you're doing better for your kids. There's so much power in that release and to apologize and release that unto us. But maybe there's a situation that you're going through this morning where there wasn't an apology. I came across this great quote this week from Ann Voskamp. It says, the work of every mother is to try to give her child the best she can and the work of every child to forgive her mother however she can. Today on Mother's Day, we're not called to make it all about us. The temptation for Mother's Day is to make it all about me and ourselves and then we end up setting ourselves up for disappointments. But Mother's Day is really about honoring our mothers regardless of their faults and mistakes For some, it's honoring them with a phone call today. For some, it's spending time together. And for some, it's honoring their memory. As a mom of young kids right now, I see that I still miss it on a regular basis. I I can see that I make mistakes, and it happens regularly. But I could show my kids humility, and I could show them how to quickly apologize, how to quickly forgive. I can model that for them. But I also need their forgiveness on a regular basis when I miss it and I don't recognize it yet. We are called to fill the gaps for one another. I just pray you're blessed this Mother's Day as you celebrate with the ones you love. Amen. Well, thank you, Tammy, for sharing from your heart. It's always wonderful to hear stories of what God has done in our lives and to know that we're not alone raising our children, but that we have his help, his direction, and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And uh, today I come before you as a grandmother, 
and uh, I feel very blessed to be the grandmother of 10 grandchildren and uh, the youngest is seven and the oldest is uh, 18 next month. And uh, it's wonderful to be able to spend time with them, to be able to give gifts to them and to watch them grow and develop and, and learn. It's, it's so exciting. And uh, to be a grandmother is a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, I was thinking about a particular topic, and that is, um, and I've called it the best gift, because um, I really do believe that, um, yes, we can give gifts and how wonderful it is. And it's so enjoyable for them and for you as you give gifts. But th the question came to me, what is the best gift we could give our grandchildren? And uh, as I began to think upon it, I realized it's not the gifts that money can buy that matter the most. But it's the gift of ourselves, giving them ourselves. And uh, what I mean by that is when we give ourselves wholeheartedly to God, that we become the gift because he is able to flow through our lives. It's when we love God with all of our hearts, when we hold fast to his word, as Tammy's been mentioning this morning, and we obey it, then our children are able to benefit so greatly. Because, you see, the gift that we give, in actual fact, it's Christ who lives in us. It's the evidence of his indwelling presence in our lives. Praise God. And, and when we give ourselves wholeheartedly to, wholeheartedly to God, his love beyond our own is able to flow through us, bringing great blessing to our children and grandchildren and everyone who comes in contact with us. And when we know him, then we, our ears become tuned to, to his voice, right? And uh, we begin to hear what he's saying for ourselves, but we can also hear on behalf of our children and our grandchildren. And uh, I, I find that really exciting in prayers. We're praying, you know, praying for our, our grand, my grandchildren. And at times I hear God speaking to me to bring a word of encouragement and even a word of caution as what happened recently. And God is able to flow through us in power as we yield ourselves to him as, so we can bring wisdom and encouragement to them. So there, I believe, are things that God wants us specifically to make known to the children in our lives. And Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 in the Amplified Version says, Only pay attention and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your grandchildren, impressing these things on their mind and penetrating their heart with these truths. To make known means to teach them. And as we, you and I, pay attention and watch ourselves closely so we don't forget. And how easy it is, isn't it, to forget. And God knows that. And he wants us to continually remember the goodness of the, the Lord. What God has said to us. What God has done in our lives. To keep that and treasure it. And, uh, you know, as we do that, 
uh, it becomes written on the inside of us. I know that through the years, as I've seen the faithfulness of God in my life, in my family, even from when I was a child, those things are still hidden in my heart. I value them. They are treasures. And God wants to write on the tablet of the hearts of every one of our children. He doesn't want the world to impress itself upon them, but he wants to make an impression upon their lives. He wants to bring change and transformation. So when we teach our children, our grandchildren, God's ways and tell, tell them his works, we can do this Today, every time we gather, there's opportunity for the children to hear and be taught God's word. And we can do it day by day on purpose as we get to interact with their lives. And uh, I've been really blessed lately, and my husband too, as we've been able to spend time with our family. And uh, they've asked questions, and we've been able to answer them, you know, and it's just been so exciting. And we, we really, we set this up as a time to do this. And it was encouraging, really, for everyone. John, my husband, he, um, he teaches the word, and he, he loves to speak about prophecy and its fulfillment. And that was one of the things, one evening, that we spoke about. And it, it says in Psalm 145, verse 4, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And that is what I believe God wants for us. He wants us to share his words and his works with the next generation. And when we do this, we keep faith alive in our hearts. Confidence grows that in us, that what God has done before, he can and will do again. Do you believe that? And, you know, the more you think about these things, well, it gets to be exciting, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, you, you, you grow in your faith and your, in your expectation. I think of Romans 15, 13, where it says, The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be filled with expectation to, you know, as we consider our children, to believe him for the very best so our faith gets passed down through the generations. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy said, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So we see here how faith gets passed down through the generations. And uh, here, the grandmother, Lois, she obviously, she was a believer. She taught her, her uh, daughter, Eunice, the ways of the Lord. And likewise, Eunice taught Timothy God's ways. And uh, that is why that, at that time he had faith in his heart. It's attributed to this. So our example before our children is so important. When they look at us, what they see, what they hear, what we do has an impact upon their lives. And so by our example, we can help prepare and lead the way for our children to follow. And our lives speak to them of Jesus as we follow after him. 
Um, recently, on May the 3rd, we had a Grandparents' Day here at, um, at the school, the KCA, and we have three grandchildren here in the school. And uh, there was a point in the time together where two of the students prayed for the grandparents. And one of them uh, prayed this prayer, and I took note of it. She said, thank you for what they have taught us, the grandparents, in character and following after you. So our children, grandchildren, they are looking on and they are seeing um, the life of Christ being revealed in us and through us. So when we live close to God, we become a living letter that others can read. And oh, how that is needed, isn't it? Our intimate relationship with God is attractive to others. And uh, I know this from experience. Because as a child and a teenager, what I saw in others stirred desire in me to know God. My mom, my dad, my grandparents too, they all knew God. And other people too in my life, um, as I looked on them, I thought, they have something. They have this close relationship with God. And I want to have that. I desire that. And it just grew inside of me. And of course, I began to seek him myself as a child and experience his wonderful presence. Even when I was nine years old, I experienced the power and the presence of God. I was filled with the spirit at that time. And uh, I, I just remember singing out songs, old hymns, such as great is thy faithfulness. And I'd sing my heart out. I had such a revelation of Jesus when I was that age. And so I know that our children, as young as they may be, and our grandchildren, they can know God for themselves. In Hebrews 8.11, it says, all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. So they need a revelation of Jesus. We can pray Ephesians 1, 15 to 23 for them, where Paul is praying that the eyes of their understanding, the Ephesian church and for the church, all of us, be enlightened so that there's that revelation. When Jesus is revealed to them, he will become real to them. And it's the same with us. I want my grandchildren to know how amazing God is, to have a heart that passionately pursues him, to experience the wonder of his presence every day, to know and trust in his love for them so that fear has no place in their lives, to know that God is always ready and available to hear and answer their prayers. So our godly example is far-reaching. And it has eternal value. When we teach our children and grandchildren the things of God, it influences their lives, their decisions, and even their eternal, eternal destiny. We are actually leaving them an inheritance, a legacy of eternal value. When we make our lives a gift by giving it to God wholeheartedly, then that is able, through that gift, God is able to reach into their hearts and, you know, touch them and speak to them and give them an example to follow. As, we, as they choose to love God and honor God with their obedience because they've come to know him in a personal, intimate way, 
They, our children, our grandchildren, are going to live under his protection. They are going to have adventures in faith as they learn to trust him too, and God leads them by his spirit. They're going to become sensitive to what pleases him and what displeases him. They're going to have encounters with God. When you get close to God, not only do you know how much he loves you, but you get to see how holy he is. You know, when you're really close to him, you you become aware of the things that grieve the spirit of God. And you don't want to do that because you love him and he loves you. And that fear of God, which is such a good, healthy, clean thing, enables us to turn from evil. Proverbs 16 verse 6 says, By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. And that word evil in that scripture, in the Strong's, it says giving pain, unhappiness, and misery. So when our kids, when we, you and I, depart from evil, we are avoiding, we are shutting the door on things that might give pain, unhappiness, and misery. And in that is an amazing thing, you know, that we can, by our example, by the gift that we give, the best gift, by giving ourselves wholeheartedly to God, we can actually just prevent um, our kids from going astray because they look and they see and they say, I want that, even as a child, when I had that desire. Praise God. So when we give our lives to God in full surrender, what we are doing is we are choosing life. And not just for ourselves, but we're choosing life for our children and our grandchildren. We have to look beyond ourselves. We have to look out there at our children and our, our grandchildren and the future generations and see the impact that our lives, the life we live, the obedience that we give to God, the love that we have for him, all of these things has an amazing impact and influence on our children and on our grandchildren. And I believe that God speaks to us today just the same words he spoke through Moses to Israel when he said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And let's just believe that every one of us in this room, whenever we are faced with decisions, we're going to say, I'm choosing life. I'm turning away from evil. I'm shutting the door on it. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to love him with all my heart. I'm going to give him my best. I'm going to give him everything. And I'm going to be the best gift that my children and my grandchildren could ever receive. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your precious word. Lord, we thank you that you spell it out so clearly for us right here in this scripture. You set before us life and death and blessing and cursing. And God, from our hearts, we say today, Lord, I want to choose life. I do choose life, not just for myself, but for my descendants, for my children, for my grandchildren. And we thank you for your grace that makes all of this possible. Lord, without you and without your grace, none of it could possibly work for us. And we just thank you today that you've given us the power of your spirit so that we can live this kind of life, so that we can give ourselves wholeheartedly to you, so that you can flow in power through our lives. And we say, yes, Lord, do it in Jesus' name. 
Amen.